Oh, just when you were getting used to it. That's the last time you're going to hear that intro music because we're at episode 79 of the Parkrun Adventures. We've made it through the 70s. Yes. It's been a, it's been a long time, hasn't it? You know, we had a little bit of a <laughs> um, a hiatus in the middle there. A baby was born, you know. It's, it's been on. a huge decade. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to the 80s. I've always... I consider myself a kid of the 80s. Oh, me too. I'm that Big old. Big time. <laughs> so I look forward to next week. So this week, ah. No, this week, great episode this week. We had a really good chat to our guest, long chat to uh, Brady from Tell Me Your Tales podcast. So I look forward to that a bit later. But before we get to that, Mel, tell me your tales. What's been happening in your world this week? Oh, I've had a busy one. I Last weekend, I headed up north to Harvey Bay Park Run's third anniversary. They had a yellow theme, which which would normally not pose too much of a problem for me because I have a, a bumblebee outfit. However, I wore the bumblebee outfit last year for, I can't remember, I think it was just a fancy dress, just plain, whatever you wanted to wear. And I, I managed to choose the only yellow costume that I had last year. So, of course, I couldn't wear it two years in a row. And I had to make something new. And Wes was going along with me, so... I did happen to have some furry yellow fabric, and we now own matching monster beanies. So we went as little furry monsters. So that was good fun. I, I did leave it a little bit last minute and uh, had to finish off the costume in the hotel room in Harvey Bay, which meant that the floor was covered in furry yellow fluff by the time I left. So I gave the cleaners something to do. Housekeeping would have loved you. Oh, I know, right? But the, the actual event itself was awesome, as always. The guys up there do a great job. Sophie, who was the event director, handed over the reins. Um, and we've got some newbies heading up who are going... We've heard them on the podcast before, actually. It's Stuart Marshall and his wife, Julie Morrison. So that's very cool. Yeah. Welcome to the world of event directorship, guys. So how does that go when a, when an event director stands down? Was there was there emotion? Was there excitement? Or was there just a passing of the torch and carry on business as usual? Yeah, it's they've got a fantastic team up there. So um, and Sophie is staying on as a run director. She so she's basically just stepping back a little bit in terms of the responsibility, but she's still going to be there. She's not completely leaving. So it wasn't as um, you know, emotional as somebody who's just, I guess, going to go away and never be seen again kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's just a little bit of a changing of the guard. Um, but yeah, exciting. It's going to, it's going to be great. They're going to do a good job. I, I always enjoy the ED handovers because it's, it's more, it's more fun for more people to experience the role. Did the showman show up? Was he in costume as well? No, the showman unfortunately had to work last Saturday, so it was just me and Wes in Harvey Bay this time. He's grinding at the moment, isn't he? It's just work, work, work. He is. Well, you know, if if you've got a wife that doesn't go to work and, and a new baby son, I guess you kind of have to keep paying the bills, don't you? So, yes, he's keeping very busy. And what did you get up to last park run day, Scotty? It was a little bit weird. Uh... My girls went and visited Newport Lakes for their launch, but I didn't go. Oh, there you go. So you guys were the same as us. Yeah, Team Tricket was split across Melbourne. I went to just Westerfolds, had a uh, lovely run there with all the regulars and then did a training session afterwards, which was absolutely brutal. There's lots of hills at Westerfolds. We managed to find a few more. (laughs) Or turn some flat areas into hills? Uh, my coach had this idea just to do hill reps at the end of the session. And, and like not little hills, like short, sharp, and you've got to run them fast. And it really, really hurt. But these are the things you do. But my girls, Team Trickett, was over at the Newport Lakes launch. And everything coming out of that event is positive. That looks like a cracker. Looks a bit weird on the map, 
if you look at the map, it looks like it's it's a small park. So to get 5k, you're going up and back and around and whatever. But um, and it's in a sort of a, a highly populated area, a little bit industrial back in the day. It's being gentrified now. But then there's this quarry in the middle of this suburb that a lot of people, locals, don't know is there. And they've converted it to parklands and they're very pretty. Bit of a challenge. Awesome. And so Vonnie and Kasha have added a new event to their most events list and you still maintain the same number as last week. Yes, so nothing's changed. Sounds like somebody else is getting in on the race. Mm. Mm. They've, got, they've been to Parkrun a couple of times without me. So they've been to events that I haven't done. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, no, the, Adam's done the same thing. He's travelled down to Melbourne and he's done um, events that I haven't done and other places as well. So how dare? But they? I've, I've, how dare they? <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as they're willing to do them again when we want to go back, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Um, he's certainly not threatening my position on on the most events list at this stage. However, I have had the calendar out and I've been looking at the future roster for Kiwana and looking at the weeks where I'll be at anniversaries for events in my territory and other things toward the end of the year because I've got a lot of making up to do. I, I started the year strong but I wanted to get 15. That was my New Year's resolution. 15 new events and I'm going to be pushing it. So there's going to have to be a lot of adventures squeezed into the end of this year in order for me to reach that New Year's goal. Yeah, so just remind us of that goal. What was it? Fifteen a year, so it was over one a month. Fifteen this, fifteen this year. Yeah, so it was supposed to be more than one every month. And of course, there were a couple of months where I didn't do any new events. So um, I had adventures because I was going to other events, but they were events that I'd already been to. So, and then I do things like volunteer at Varsity Lakes instead of running it. <laughs> <laughs> the first time, which doesn't help my case, uh, but maybe I can include that in my overall total. I might have to be a little bit lenient with my own goals this year. Mm. Um, did you run on Saturday or you just volunteered? I, vol- volunteered? I volunteered, yeah. I was the timekeeper again. So it's, it's, my, it's my role of choice, I think, when I go to other events. I always enjoy the, the good old stopwatch. Avoiding the fifty-nine, fifty-nine way possible. Hmm. Minor stopwatch malfunction at Westerfolds on Saturday, but easy a to malfunction. fix. Malfunction? Oh, not a malfunction. Just a bit creative of creative volunteering. Yeah, a bit of creative volunteering, I think. And there was a little bit of oh, panic. Look, I. <laughs> I can't. I can't honestly say that I was perfect in my role. I did manage to hold the button down twice and I missed somebody later on, but I knew where it happened, so we were able to fix it. Okay, so no angry emails during the week? Well, I don't get those I don't get those emails. <laughs> it's not my event. True, so it was a hit and run. Yeah, hey guys. pretty much. <laughs> there you go. Don't know what I did, yep. pressed a few wrong buttons. See ya. Yep. Good luck with that. <laughs> oh, no, night. not that no angry emails that I'm aware of. For this week's guest on the podcast, we thought it was time to talk a bit of shop, a bit of shop talk, podcast talk. Brady Treffel is joining us this week, and Brady's got a podcast, a great little podcast. Thanks, Scott, and thanks, Mel. It's, uh, it's a bit weird being on this side of the, the microphone this week. As, I, as you said, I've kind of got my own podcast, so I'm usually the one firing the questions away, but looking forward to have a discussion all thing running and podcasting today. Well, let's see how you go because we're going to be we're going to be asking you questions, so you have to answer them this week. So you've got your podcast. Tell me your tales. Do you want to do you want to start off explaining what the podcast is and what it's about and how it came about? Yeah, good question. Um, tell me your tales. Is there's probably three three parts to my Tell Me Your Tales podcast. The first part is I like to sit down with people into running or health or. Um, yeah, just kind of wise people around the sport of fitness industry and have lengthy conversations with them about their life and their routines and their journey in running. And 
we kind of, I don't really prepare massive interview questions. It's probably more of a conversation and we let the conversation go all over the place and just, yeah, dig deep into their life. We talk about some of their races that they've had in the past and different training sessions and training methods they use, um, probably more particular marathon runners. So, you know, I've had some a range of guests on, you know, the likes of Virginia Maloney, who just ran 229 up at the Gold Coast earlier this year. Um, Josh Harris, Brad Milosevic, who both went over, and Jack Colreve, actually, all three Australian representatives at the World Championships over at London in the marathon just a couple of uh, weeks ago. And, yeah, I guess it's it's kind of just a raw conversation where we talk all things running, um, everything from heart rate data to gels and nutrition and all those kind of different training philosophies that different people uh, use in their lead up to marathons and training. So that's kind of one part of Tell Me Your Tales. The second part is... Uh, the Road to Berlin podcast series. So that's a part of Tell Me Your Tales where myself, uh, Julian Spence and Bradley Croker, Julian's down in Ballarat and Brad's up in Canberra. We're all running the Berlin Marathon in uh, just over three weeks' time. So we've documented all our training from about 14 weeks out and we kind of hit different topics in our conversation each week. And that's been a big surprise. I originally started with the conversations just on the podcast and then that led to the idea to get the boys on because they were both past guests as well and talk about our training and journey. And it was one of those things that we put it out there and we weren't really sure if we'd continue it. And then the response was just massive. We've had people emailing in questions and following us on Strava and we've got a kind of a worldwide following now. We've got a big listenership over in Norway and Ireland and people in Berlin actually emailing us saying, you know, when you get here, we can take you out for dinner and lunch and get you sorted or anything like that. So um, that's been a huge kind of learning curve, just the power of podcasting and just how much people want to, I guess, understand the nitty gritty of running, not so much the the stuff you're going to read in a one page or two page page spread on a magazine, but actually dig deep into some really elite runners and some runners with some interesting stories, um, profiles, and to get really deep into the details. And then the third part of Tell Me Your Tales is I profile people in my local community. So um, you know, I've had a counsellor on, the, the CEO of our local council. I've had a guy who owns a gym. I've had um, a local musician on, just kind of people that I find interesting in my own community and really just wanted to get to know them and get to know their stories. And there's probably not a media where we can get that locally. There's a few kind of newspaper articles on them, but there's nowhere where you can get an hour or a 90-minute conversation. Um, yeah, podcast kind of on those guys. So, I guess I kind of created the podcast a bit selfishly. It was a podcast that I wanted to listen to. And um, yeah, it just didn't, no one else was making it. So I thought I might as well have a go and kind of looked into it and created it myself. And I'm really probably appreciative and humbled that a lot of other people are finding value in it. Do you think the fact that so many people are engaging uh, specifically with your Road to Berlin uh, series is because there are so many wannabe marathoners out there who who are keen, as you say, to get into that extra nitty gritty? Yeah, for sure, Mel. Like I I think it's almost, um, I think we probably got into it and weren't really sure how quickly quickly it was going to develop, but I almost compare it to kind of like the reality TV kind of thing. Like it's um it's reality radio like we're producing a show each week and we're not really sure what's going to happen each week um you know for example brad six weeks ago was the form runner of the three of us and he was smashing everything in training and you know we're kind of thinking he might run 217 218 at berlin and you know two weeks after that he was injured and he's missed three weeks of training and you know looking like it's going to be a real battle for him just to get to the start line now in berlin so i think that concept of the listeners are really on the journey with us. It's not like we've got stuff prepared that we're going to release in two or three weeks' time. It's um, you're in the same position as us. We're not sure what's going to happen come race day. And it's, yeah, the journey is a shared one. And I think people probably get a bit, this misconception about elite and probably sub-elite athletes in which we are that we're somewhat different whereas we're not like we talk about the battles of trying to fit in running after work or getting up at 5am to get stuff done or 
Um, you know, Julian often says things like coming home and having a couple of beers, just like I'm sure a lot of listeners would as well. And I think giving the audience a authentic and a genuine kind of view of elite and sub-elite runners that we're very similar to um, the everyday battler who's going to park run on the weekend or training for Melbourne Marathon to break four or five hours or whatever it is. The struggle's probably real and exactly the same. So just to try and inspire people at the same time that we're out there doing it and hopefully they can as well. It has certainly been an insight for me because I'm obviously not running anywhere near those sorts of splits that you boys do, but it's it's definitely been interesting. Will you be planning on recording when you're in Berlin post-race? Yeah, that's the plan. It's um, that's probably back to that kind of statement of we're not really sure what's going to happen. Like we've got a bit of, we've probably had to get a bit smarter. Like, uh, you know, fifteen weeks ago it was probably just, or not fifteen, probably about twelve weeks ago it was three blokes just getting on Skype and having a having a conversation and hoping somebody's listened. But we've kind of had to sit down behind the scenes and look at you know the business model behind it and what's a succession plan and you know especially when. For me, for Tell Me Your Tales, that's probably my most downloaded show each week. So it's kind of like, well, how am I going to continue to keep the downloads going forward? And we're structuring topics for each week and the listener questions, kind of filtering those into into different shows which fit um, fit the topic of each week's shows. And yeah, it's become more of a... Not so much a business, because I don't want to use that word, but more more structured, I guess, than how it was in the past. And We've now got to think about, so yeah, what's it? We all want to race and we don't want to be thinking about what you're going to say in the recording um, the day after. But yeah, it's to kind of sit down and say, well, we need to meet at this cafe or this hotel room the day after to debrief because there's people kind of relying on that content now and people that get their kicks out of hearing how we go and how we've gone afterwards. So have you put some expectations on the three of you to perform at Berlin now? Do you feel that? Yeah, I do. It's um, even sometimes in my training runs just around Echuca, because we kind of report on each day's kind of training throughout the week, you, you might be having a good or a bad session and the thought comes through your head halfway through the session of, oh, how am I going to report this to the to the podcast next week? Or what's Julian going to think about this? Or what's Brad going to think about this session? And it's um, it's often you're thinking about, you know, even this morning, I just went out for an easy jog because I've got a got a big session this afternoon and you know Julian's voice is ringing through in my head saying you know no one cares about what pace you run the easy runs at it's kind of what you can hit your sessions in so here I was backing off just to um, almost pay pay Julian a bit of justice so yeah it's I do feel that pressure now but at the same time I think it's a good added pressure to have it's almost like you want to do people proud and you want them to as I said they're on the journey with us and you want them to I think the listeners, they want to see us all succeed come race day, but it actually, yeah, it has added a an extra layer of pressure. And, you know, even Brad, who I spoke about before, who's injured now, like we kind of said to him, if he doesn't want to come on and talk about his injury and stuff, there's no pressure to do so. But he was really happy to come in because he feels part of this community now. And I know personally, I'm not sure if I'd, if I was injured, if I'd like talking to two other boys who aren't injured about a race we're meant to be doing in a month's time. So, yeah, definitely some added pressure there. And um, But I think it's good. I think that added pressure is only going to help us perform come race day. I think one of the reasons why you've connected with your audience, and as Mel said, I can't relate to the times you boys are talking about, but I can certainly relate to the training that you're going through. And what I'm picking up from listening to the episodes is that there's new techniques and there's different ways to train but it's also very similar to what I'm going through so even though we can't go for a run together at Berlin um, I'm relating to what you guys are talking about are you aware of that that even though you boys are fast you're talking to a quite a wide range of runners yeah and I think it's um that's probably where the listener questions have come in the last couple of weeks as well. People have kind of emailed in to clarify or they might be training for marathons or trying to break a time for 5 or 10K and we can kind of put things into their perspective. And, you know, you'll, you'll know when you listen that we use the terms like marathon pace a lot. So we might do a session or, you know, Julian did a session on the weekend which was 4 by 6K at marathon pace. So anyone can pick that session up and do it because everyone's marathon pace is... um 
specific to them. So we try to use as many of those terms as possible and to kind of fit, um, yeah, anyone out there who listens that they can get something out of it. I guess the mileage is probably something that um, people can't relate to. Like we're regularly running anywhere between 160 and 200 kilometers a week, and that's just not achievable for some of the listeners, which I understand. But hopefully they can see that you know, roughly 80% of our week we're working hard and the rest of it we're kind of jogging along and recovering. So that's something that people can definitely put into their training weeks. I like how you mention the pressure and a lot of people tend to put things on Facebook saying, oh, I'm going to do this run or or um, I'm going to enter this event. And it's to keep themselves honest and to they're putting it out there so that they kind of have uh, that accountability. I know when I do big events, I, I try to half the time not tell anyone because I don't want that pressure. And then I, it's like, oh, I just did a sneaky half marathon in Canberra, you know, and nobody knew I was going to do that. And, and it's because I can't cope with the pressure. But I like that you're, you're keeping yourselves honest and, um, and putting yourselves out there for everyone. Is it, I mean, you already said that you think the pressure is going to help you on race day, but is it something that you, you think you'll do again in future, like it as an experiment as such? Yeah, I guess um, the pressure thing is interesting because this will be my third marathon coming up and I ran my first one in Melbourne in 2015 and put a put it out there that I was going to debut for the marathon and kind of drummed up and wrote a bit of a blog leading up to it and kind of got as many people involved as I could and in the um, in the end had a pretty negative experience that that wall that everyone told me about come on at 35k and I ran 226 which I was you know reasonably happy with but I went out a bit faster than that pace and it just wasn't positive at all and I felt like I probably talked it up a bit too much and probably underestimated the the marathon so then when I went into Berlin marathon last year when I ran that I kept it similar to you Mel I um I told a few people few people knew I was doing it but it wasn't you know I think I might have done my first Facebook post about it a week out when I was going to Europe and just telling people that it was coming up and um, I think that was good like going under the, under the radar and paying respect to the marathon is uh, a good thing but this time around I think it's yeah it's uh, the pressure's good and I was just listening to Matt Fitzgerald he's got a book called um, Brain Training for Runners talking about you know how you can use the crowd and how you can use the pressure and a lot of that kind of mindfulness and mental training that you can if there's more people involved than just yourself when it's time to dig really deep it's it's easy to access that and easier to kind of push on so I know for me even you know living in a small community and having friends that come out and pace me on the bike if I'm starting to starting to kind of find it hard three quarters or 2k to go into a longer kind of tempo run I'll often think about that this person's given up their time to ride their bike next to me on a Saturday morning when they could be at home and with their family and that kind of extra pressure kind of brings out the best in myself so um, yeah it's it's definitely something that I wish I had the answer to in you know four weeks time to see if it actually works for us because we are letting a lot of people into our personal lives and it's um, yeah, you know, there's people, people get a lot of details from an hour, an hour, an hour and 10 minutes a week about, about what happens in your life. And it's, um, it's one thing that I'm happy with at the moment, but going forward, I'm not, I'd like to do it again. I'd like to maybe pick a, another one like a Boston or a New York or a London, a big city marathon and introduce maybe two or three other guests and kind of make it a, a journey to Boston or something like that if there's demand there and yeah kind of strategically pick people who I think the listeners will relate well to going forward but probably uh, not going to make a call yes or no at, at this stage because I'll probably wait and see how Berlin unfolds. Let's turn our attention to the podcast itself. You're just a you're a teacher by trade? Yep. Where did you get the idea to do a podcast and were you daunted by the technology, about setting it up, about organising guests and all that sort of business? Did that scare you or excite you? Um, yeah, fantastic question, Scott. It, it, I do a lot of running by myself in Achukamoama, so I was really a big consumer of podcasts. I'd re- listen to you know, probably three or four regular podcasts that I'd listen to each week and they'd kind of keep me company when I'd be on my longer runs or morning runs or whatever it would be. And I think I said it a bit earlier, like I 
I almost wanted someone to create the perfect podcast for me and I kind of got this bit of an itch and a bit of an idea that that maybe I could do the same thing. I was a bit um, disappointed probably in the coverage of kind of elite and sub-elite runners in um, in Australia. I didn't think we did. The Naked Runners guys had a bit of a go at it a couple of years ago, which was good, and um, Run With Soul, um, Reedy and Dino up in Sydney, they had a bit of a go of it for a while and, and you know, good content. And I just thought, I definitely thought there was a space in the market for me to provide those longer conversations. And I just had the content, uh, the sorry, the guests that I could, the contacts I could, um, yeah, just get really easily. So that kind of getting the guests didn't daunt me too much, but it probably trying to find the gender balance. I had a lot of male runners that I could easily send a message to and say, let's talk for an hour on Skype this Sunday night and record it and go from there. But trying to find female runners was quite difficult because for me that was a bit of a step outside my comfort zone because I'd had to kind of approach them and form the relationship originally and then and then go from there. So that was a bit of a challenge starting up. The technology, I was blown away how easy it, it was really. Like um, I teach ICT to the grade six students at school so I'm pretty familiar with garage band not that it takes a lot to get familiar with it but the yeah pretty easy I bought a USB mic and um you kind of sent it off to iTunes to to get approved and that come back saying yeah no worries and then it kind of just gone gone from there I've just just grown and grown and had a few little hiccups along the way with different recording um equipment so I originally I used to record and have to do all these dodgy kind of bootleg things and set up different ringing kind of um, machines to kind of record the guests but now I've just got a program where I just hit record and it just records the whole conversation so that's uh, saved me a lot of time and worry it used to be a bit of a worry trying to set up in time it used to be about a 20 minute process before I'd record with the guests but yeah the the uploading's probably and editing I don't do a lot of it's Kind of because it's such a raw conversation, we don't mind if there's pauses or we don't mind if we're dropping in and out and, you know, Brad and I might talk while we're waiting for Julian to come back onto Skype and things like that because it's that authentic and genuine conversation that I want to pass on to, to people. I guess I want to provide, I want to have the conversation with people and then let people listen to that. I'm not really interviewing someone for the listeners, if that makes sense. I'm glad you mentioned the the gender split, as it were, of, of guests and things like that, because it's something I'm very conscious of as well. Um, we often say that if we've had several weeks in a row with boys that, you know, it's a total sausage fest um, and that we're, we're keen to get more females on. Do you ever find uh, difficulties with getting women to come on the show because they're reluctant to actually talk? No, every every person or every female I've approached has been um, all good to come on, and I've got a couple coming up in the next couple of weeks, which I'm I'm uh, happy to kind of get because my gender, yeah, I've massively something that I've got to address and something I've realised. But every female I've approached has been more than happy to come on, which I'm grateful for because if they weren't, I'd be probably be struggling to get any of them on. I think it's um yeah, it's quite a quite a balancing act, and and as I said before, it's probably just me having to step out of my comfort zone more and, and approach people that I don't already know or don't already have a relationship with. And for me, that's probably one of the most nerve-wracking kind of um, parts of it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit nerve-wracking for us too sometimes. Have you had many people say no? Um, no one has directly said no, which has been good. I've had a couple of people who have been like responded with, yep, I'll be keen, da-da-da, and um, we'll start talking a date and then just no emails come back. So I might reply and say, oh, how does next Thursday look? And I'll just hear nothing for, oh, just crickets now. Like it just won't be a response from there. So, but I've got to, you know, I, I don't, I'll give people one opportunity to kind of have the conversation. If they don't want to come on the show, I'm more than happy to. I don't want to be the guy that keeps emailing them, nagging them and, and things like that. And some of my listeners have been great in initiating interviews. So they'll, um, you know, start a group Facebook message or whatever saying Brady, meet whoever it is. And, you know, you'd make a great guest on Brady's podcast. Would you be more than happy to come on? And and from there, it's kind of grown and I'm more than happy to take requests from my um, audience members about who they want to hear because at the end of the day they're consuming them and I think I've got a pretty good judgment of 
who I like to have conversations with and who will get value out of those conversations. But it's always good, especially if people have an in or a hookup already to be able to set me up with someone who makes a good story. It's amazing. Most people say yes to us, Mel. We've only ever had one real rejection, but most people are keen to come on and have a chat to the podcast, which is great. Oh, well, I just think it's a bit of a no-brainer. Like it's, especially, um, you know, if they're super elite athletes or whatever, like they've got opportunities to plug their sponsors in there. They've got opportunities to prove how good of a role model they are. Um, you know, they've got opportunities to get people, especially with elite running, a lot of, I find this battle with the park run scene and the elite running kind of scene. A lot of the park runners, I know in my local community, would have absolutely no idea who won the, you know, the marathon at the World Championships, which were three weeks ago. Whereas I could go to my local soccer field and every single one of those soccer players and kids, and doesn't matter if they're five-year-old soccer players or 25-year-old soccer players, they're all going to know the best soccer players in the world. So I think elite athletes probably have a bit of a responsibility to share their stories and to use the media they can because at the end of the day, they're not on the back page of The Age or The Herald Sun. So they need to use media like podcast to, to make that connection with the the general kind of fun run crowd out there, I guess. Couldn't agree more. You're helping boost the profile of running. Yeah, why I wanted to start as well, like just to give some insight, because there's some amazing people who, especially that sub-elite category, like even a guy like Julian, for example, who is actively involved in his community with the running store down in Ballarat, but, you know, doesn't get kind of mainstream media, but has an amazing story and amazing, amazing amount of knowledge around running that people can benefit from. Now, I'm curious, you said you're a podcast enthusiast. Which podcasts have you been listening to? Yeah, so I um, Marathon Talk's probably the first running podcast that I listen to. A couple of guys over in the UK. Oh, Tom Williams, he's got a bit, and Martin Yelling, they both got a bit to do with the parkrun scene over there. Um, that was probably the first one that hooked me in, and I'm an avid listener. I would have listened to every one of their shows for the last, yeah, three or four years. It's generally my long-run companion. Um also, I listen a bit to the Rich Roll podcast. I always find that Rich, his interview style is really authentic. Um, Will Anderson does a, well, not so regular anymore, but Willosophy, where he just sits down with people and just talks for a couple of hours. So they're probably my three three regular ones. And then I've probably got another 15 or 20 that I just take snippets of here, there, and everywhere kind of thing. And what about Parkrun? You're involved with Achuka Moama there on the Murray. Yep. Have you enjoyed that experience so far? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, it's been fantastic. My first experience was uh, probably about two years ago at Shepherd and Park Run. So Chukamoam has been started since uh, May this year, but we'd been going over to Shepherd and which is about fifty minutes an hour drive away to to do their park run regularly and. We'd often carpool over and yeah, there was one Saturday we just drove back and there were three or four of us in the car and we just said to ourselves that we need to get started and we need to do our own one here and if Shepparton can do it, we can do it and Bendigo was doing it an hour the opposite direction so we thought um, we've just had to bite the bullet and we had to start and get the get the ball rolling a bit so it's it's probably back to the conversation before that uh, Park run at Chukamoama isn't set up for, you know, guys like me to go down there and run 15 minutes. It's set up for people um, who just want to come down and walk a bit or, or run a bit and just try and beat their time each week or come down and see their friends or whatever it is, kind of we're trying to tap into the pre-season like footy and um, netball market in the next couple of months after they finish this weekend. So, yeah, I've been really enjoying being involved in something that's running but completely different from the world of running I've been involved in probably the last four or five years with the kind of elite running scene. So do you use parkrun as, as a speed session in your training or is it more just a giving back to the community, you volunteer kind of situation? Yeah, uh, well, when we were going over to Shepparton, I'd always, a week out from a major race, I'd always do a kind of hard 5K kind of, kind of a bit of a, you know, you want to hurt yourself and go hard at 5K pace. So then if you're running a half marathon the week after, the pace feels really easy. So in the first kind of experiences with parkrun, it would be go over and run as hard as you can for 5K. But um, I've really, that was, yeah, I've, I've only ran Echuca, oh maybe three or four times. I've, I've tried to give it a crack a couple of times and I just can't switch on mentally to be able to really dig deep. I know it probably sounds a bit strange, but... 
we have an out and back course. So I've, um, yeah, I would get to the out and back bit and then on my way back I'd see all these community members who I know and kind of you'd want to smile and you'd want to give them a wave. And when it comes to dipping into that super serious gut-wrenching kind of running, I just haven't been able to access that because I've been having too much fun out there. So the best time I've ran in a Chuka I think is... 1524 which is um which is the course record I'm I probably won't have another crack at it until somebody beats the course record but um I've definitely volunteered yeah I would have probably been volunteered 10 15 kind of times as as a marshal or a run director whereas I've only ran it probably three or four times I did pace one week we had a group of guys who wanted to break 20 minutes so um just put the Garmin on and took them through in yeah got one guy down to 1930 and a few guys um just fell wheels fell off a bit with 500 meters to go but yeah I definitely enjoy the volunteering and the the standing on the table at the start and reading out the course description and all those kind of things and just letting the elite side of my running ability um take a back step to help out the community which helps me so often in in other pursuits we're all about the adventures Brady and getting people to to travel around and do different park runs have you noticed many adventurers and tourists coming to Echuca Moama I mean it's an E which is I'm not sure if you're aware there's an alphabet club out there so people are trying to get their events yeah yeah which is pretty you know far apart <laughs> we are um, yeah definitely Mal we that's been something that's blown us away and Echuca Moama is pretty kind of a touristy town as well we have a lot of um, kind of food and wine festivals and winter blues festivals and a few music festivals and um, it's often coupled with people also ticking off ticking off the E on the alphabet. It was probably evident at our launch day, like we had 230 at our launch, which was um, something that really blew us away, but there was probably five or ten there, people there just to just to get the E, um, which, which I find uh, very motivating and funny and kind of like it's amazing that people will do that just to um they're so bought into the parkrun culture which is amazing that they're willing to travel um you know for quite a long time to to run a 5k which is fantastic so tourists have been there every week and what we've also been blown away by is our numbers dropped a bit over winter so we've kind of been around 60 70 during the colder months but every week there'll be five or two, ten new people there each week so we're just hoping once the weather finds up that we can just get all those people on the same weekend and yeah really kind of get it back up to 150 200 most weeks during spring and summer i visited Echuca last year i came up for the sweat versus steam run what's the running scene like in Echuca? i mean you're going to see it evolve as parkrun grows what's it like now are there lots of running trails and running groups um we have one running group where we're pretty we don't have a running club so there's one running group that that meets on a saturday morning and initially when we uh put the idea of parkrun to this this running group it was we weren't sure how they were going to respond because we didn't really want to take away the members from their running group but at the same time we wanted to provide park run to people that weren't involved in that running group because that running group kind of goes and does fartlek and does you know 1k reps and those kind of things on a saturday morning whereas we wanted people who were just going to go out for a walk or go out for a jog and to kind of provide something for them so we initially have the the one running group as i said no running club but very healthy triathlon community so um, a lot of the running guys there will will join me for for runs and we've also got tarly bird i'm not sure if you're familiar with tarly tarly's a pretty elite um, distance runner as well she's one you know run for the kids and city to sea and those kind of things as well so she's also hooking around the trails along the river out here so yeah some amazing places to live uh, to run sorry and an amazing place to live but our biggest disadvantage is there's no hills so um, you know we got to drive 45 minutes in one direction to kind of try and try and find a hill to run on so yeah we probably lack a bit of strength in the legs just because we can't train on the hills up here. Well, no doubt with the impact that you'll be making at Ichuka Moama and your podcast, the running scene will definitely be on the up and up. Definitely, hopefully. I probably hadn't thought of it like that, but there's a lot of stuff that we're doing in the town to encourage running. So, um, yeah, hopefully it all continues to grow. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week, Brady. We really appreciate it. And good luck in the last few weeks of your training heading towards Berlin. We will be listening in intently to find out how you go and looking forward to that 
post debrief that happens the day after when you're all feeling a little bit sore. No worries, guys. Thanks again for the opportunity to come on your show and, yeah, keep up the great work. Hello, I'm at uh, Port Lincoln, the inaugural park run, with Pauline. And Pauline's the event director here. Um, Hi, everyone. <laughs> could you ex- uh, just tell us a little bit about the, the park run? Oh, okay. So the Port Lincoln Park Run, we run it along our foreshore, um, so you get a gorgeous view of the ocean as the sun's coming up and over it. It's, it's actually turned out to be an absolutely fantastic morning. Last week around the state, it's been bucketing down with rain, drizzling. You've scored a very, very good start. We've been uh, lucky that the rain has stopped when it comes to our weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get all the rain during the week at the moment. And then Park Run Day, the sun's out. So. Okay. And what caused you to start the Park Run here? Just my passion for running when I was training for the Barossa Half Marathon and wanting to get my kids out and active. They want to run just like mum, so I thought, why not? And how, does, good... how does mum run? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I make it to the finish line and that's what matters. <laughs> okay, look, thank you. We might try and catch a few other people and just have a bit, quick chat to them. No worries. Thank, thank you. you. All the best. See you later. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sue. Just done the first Port Lincoln Park run. It was amazing. Uh, great crowd, beautiful weather, no wind. Really enjoyed it. Great fun time. Thanks. I'm Roz and I'm from Mount Barker Park Run and we just drove seven hours to do the Port Lincoln launch. Beautiful morning and a great course. Thanks once again to Dave, our Channel 5 News crew member who is down in South Australia at the moment. Uh, and was at the Port Lincoln launch on the weekend, speaking to Pauline and some other ladies who had adventured to the event. Sounds like another one to add to the list, Scotty. certainly does. And Dave is still without a nickname. We're We're, still working on that. (laughs) We need to to have some creative time, I think, to think up creative things. Yeah. And And he found Port Lincoln. I wonder if he was using the directions that we gave him last week. Yeah. Well, you know, they were pretty good. <laughs> and I also had report, reports that um, nearby as well to Port Lincoln, they have loads of wildlife and things like that. So that's pretty exciting. Um, emus walking around and dolphins visible. So I'm, I'm keen to get down there and, and check out some of that stuff too. I love the wildlife. Love wildlife on courses. It's always good. It is exciting. Speaking of launches, there's a couple coming up this weekend. There are. There are. Let's have a look. Inverell. Yeah, both in New South Wales too. Inverell. Yep. That one looks stunning. Have you seen the photos? I have seen the photos. I've actually been to Inverell, drove through it once. I think we stayed there very briefly. Went to the supermarket or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's probably not where the parkrun's going to (laughs) be. At the supermarket? Maybe not. Yeah, maybe But not. I remember driving through that part of the world and it was really green and pretty and lots of water, which I wasn't expecting. Well, that's what it looks like from the photos. It's very dry. Is it? How, how green is it in Victoria at the moment? Because up here, everything is very brown. Oh, really? We've had a re- yeah, we've had a really dry winter. Oh, no, we're green down here. We're very green. Okay. Still cold. But lots of green. <laughs> so you've had the water as well. Yeah. And the other one, Wagga. Wagga, Wagga. But it's going to be called Wagga Park Run. I used to holiday as a child in Wagga. Do you know why it's only going to be called Wagga as opposed to Wagga, Wagga? I don't. When it came through, I was curious. I should have asked. But I think the locals just call it Wagga. Like, where are you from? I'm from Wagga. They don't go on from Wagga Wagga. Oh, well, that's fair enough. So we're taking some local advice. <laughs> that's probably the right thing to do. We've got some anniversaries this week as well, also in New South Wales, but then a whole bunch in Queensland and one in South Australia. So let's start back in New South Wales. We've got Blue Gum Hills. There will be cake at Blue Gum Hills. There will also be cake maybe at Broad Beach Waters in Queensland. Capalabar in Queensland. Lockheel, South Australia. Warner Lakes in Queensland. And Warwick. 
Also in Queensland, lots of Queensland parties this weekend. It's a good time of year for it toward the end of winter. Everything's getting warm. In fact, it'll be spring. It'll be spring. Oh, and you know what that means, Scotty. It's September. Yeah. I was going to say, do you know what that means? Yeah. <laughs> you had to stop and think about it there for a second. And what are we doing in September? Well, I'm excited. You're excited. I'm excited. I think there's a lot of adventurers out there excited. Streaky September. Streaky September. Hashtag streaky September. All one word, all lowercase. It's happening. So this podcast is going out on Thursday, which means it's happening tomorrow. Well, it's, it's, yes. If you're listening to it on the day that the podcast comes out, it's happening tomorrow. If you're not listening to it on the day it's out, what the hell is wrong with you? But if you're listening to it on Saturday or Sunday, you've missed it. And you've missed Streaky September because if you don't go for a run on Friday, you're out. Like you can't do Streaky September and start on the 2nd. You've got to go for a run on Friday. That's the whole idea. Well, yes. You're supposed to go for a run every single day of the month. Or a walk. Yep. And so, shall we make up some rules? rules? Yeah, let's do it. Let's make up some rules. So, what constitutes a run slash walk? Um, well, I I guess that depends. I'm saying 2K. 2K minimum? Yep. Okay, so... We're comfortable with that? Well, I guess, you know, you don't... Yeah, you don't want it to be just somebody going out and running up and down their street to make sure they haven't broken their streak. I think um, the actual formal thing is a minimum of a mile, and that's roughly 2K, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So So let's go. Junior Park Run's coming. Junior Park Run's 2K. This is our lead-in. Okay, that seems fair. All right, so minimum 2K. You have to run or walk a minimum of 2K every day in September to make it. We encourage we encourage as many freedom runs as possible. So that's the other thing I want to see happening. I went for a freedom run this morning. Went back to Brimbank Park. Well I think won't won't we just have like a challenge every week, Scotty? So one week well we, we want at least one freedom run, but maybe we should let people choose which week they do it in. Yeah. We should, yeah, so we should have bonus points for Streaky September and we can have a challenge each week for bonus points. This is why we shouldn't make up rules as we go. Who's going to keep track of the bonus points? This is, well, no, oh, we don't have to. It's, a, it's an honour system. Everybody keeps track of their own bonus points, but all we do is put the challenge out there. I think what we need to do, you've created the Strava group for it. I think we need to create a Facebook um, event for it so that everybody can keep in touch with everybody else who's participating in Streaky September. And you guys can share your photos and you can share your stories and keep everybody motivated because it's every single day. Keep us all on track. I'll need the motivation. I I think I'm going to struggle, to be honest. I'm going to try my hardest. You'll struggle with, like, just finding the time every single day, you think? or I... I think I'd be kidding myself if I said time is the issue. I actually think motivation Ah. is the issue. Like, there are just some days I don't want to go for a run. See, well... Like, I'm happy sitting, watching TV or on the nerd box, just happy not going for a run. Okay. All right, so everybody keep that in mind. Scotty needs extra motivation uh, to get out the door. I think I'm going to need the motivation to uh, get out of my pyjamas and my my dressing gown. (laughs) That could make for some interesting streaky September costumes if people seeing me pushing a pram down the street in my dressing gown. I might get We never made rules around that you had to get dressed. (laughs) You can do 2K in your pyjamas. Easy. I've done more than 2K in my pyjamas. Maybe one of the weeks the challenge could be 2K in your pyjamas. It can be a pyjama streaky September. That one can be... Everybody's solidarity with me. And we can see how many people get reported to the police for running around in their pyjamas. You've got to, start, you've got to initiate that one. <laughs> I will, so you lead the way okay. and we'll follow. I will be the flagship Streaky September <laughs> in Jim Jams person and um, I will share my photos. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure Wes is also in his pyjamas in the pram when we do it. So this is... Obviously, I'm not back to running properly yet, so uh, I think I will. I'll start the month out walking, 
my streaky September and then hopefully sort of progress to running little bits and then maybe by the end of the month I might be able to run the full 2k again so that that will be my goal for streaky September that's we can follow your progress maybe see if you're getting faster walking or if you're going for longer walks because of course you'll be uploading everything to Strava. <laughs> yeah, and maybe like Brady does, I will give everybody my splits over like two hundred meters or something. <laughs> First two hundred meters, I was at eight minute fifty kilometers. <laughs> yeah, that might not be as interesting as Brady's splits. His his are a lot. His are a lot better than that. We'll, but we'll try it on next week. We'll we'll analyze. We'll have a little section in next week's pod where we break down our run. For streaky September, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Instead of our road to Berlin, we've got our road to streaky September. Cool. I am excited about this because it's been a long time since I did any sort of consistent exercise. I hope a lot of people get on board with us too. It wouldn't it be sad if like the 29th and the 30th of September, it's just you and me. (laughs) Everyone else has given up. Oh, I think no. I think we've got some we've got some stayers out there, and I think together as a group, yeah. if we all motivate each other, I think we can we can see it through. So we've got to get this happening, and it starts. We have a competition first. coming up later this month, so maybe there's some more motivation. I'm not going to tell you anything more than that, but maybe you have to still be streaky Septembering to be in the running for our competition. Oh, I don't even know about I, this competition. I haven't discussed this with you. <laughs> Well, that that is well. Is this one of those things where we say we're going to do something and then we forget about it and it doesn't happen? Hey, look, did we deliver on the last one? Have you been Have you been out to Central Lakes lately? We don't. Okay. We don't. We don't talk about that yet, Scotty. <laughs> but I am planning. I am planning to get out there. Hopefully during streaky September. Good. No, but the next competition is is. On point. It's going to be a good one. Awesome. I'm looking forward to finding all about that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's wrap it up. Mel, thanks for joining me. You're very welcome, Scotty. Loved it this week. Brady was great. Yeah, it was good fun. And you were great. Oh, I'm great every week, let's be honest. Yeah, true. (laughs) So do it again next week for me, please. We'll do my Be best. Great. And and I'm looking forward to keeping track of how your streaky September's going every day too, Scotty. You started this. Good. I did. And I want to finish it. No no more repeat of August, okay? We're, we're going to get there. We're going to get to the end. It's going to happen. Looking forward to it.